Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Hey, thank you guys. Good to see you today. Well, as I promised you the last Sunday, we're going to begin to read our scripture for the year, and we're going to say this at the beginning of the messages this year. So I want you to look at the screen and read this with your good faith voice today. Come on, say it with me. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God, I thank you, Lord, that you give us family. I thank you, Lord, that you lead us into that place where we can sing and rejoice, God. I thank you that you take Take us out of that sun-scorched land and give us a rich opportunity to, to be with one another and to grow together. So bless this time together. Speak to our hearts and change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. As you're having a seat this morning, I'd love it if you'd go ahead and uh, get your Bibles, Bible apps out. Also go ahead and and, uh, and get some notes out so you can jot a few things down because I, I think, you know, we, if God is speaking, if we believe that God speaks through this, then we want to write down a few things that God is speaking to us, all right? So while you're doing that, go ahead and get your Bibles open to the book of Mark, chapter number 12, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark 12, 28. That is Mark 12, 28. Mark 12, 28. Our, uh, our theme for this year is 2020 family focus. That's that's the name of our, of our theme for the year. And around here, what we're doing is really, we're talking about the power of the family of God, the local church family, and also how to strengthen and prepare our own families. Uh, I believe this, that family is a secret weapon of God. It is. It is. Family is, is also, you know, we, there are a lot of principles we can learn about family when we understand God's family and then apply those principles into our own lives and our own home families. So today's message is entitled this, How to Make House Rules. How to Make House Rules. Jot that, that title down. Um, here's something I know about you guys. I know this about you. None of you are satisfied with where you are in life right now. No one in this room is. Every one of you, you want to move forward into deeper purpose and deeper meaning with deeper relationships with other people. You want to have a deeper relationship with God. I I, I know that. The reason I know that is because you're here right now. You're here. Uh, You chose to take a portion of your day to be in the house of God with the people of God. And here, so my prayer for you is that your eyes are going to be open today. I've been praying for y'all, uh, just so that you kind of know what I do. This is, this is my little, little thing, but, but I pray. Sometimes I come in here and I pray, and I'll just pray or look over the empty seats, and I pray. And Other times while I'm preparing my message, I just pray, thinking about different ones of you. Your faces come to mind, and, and, and I, I just think about you, and I pray about you, that, pray for you, that, that, that God will do something amazing in you. Because, I, guys, I don't want to do, I just don't want to do religion I want God. I want the life of God. I want the power of God in this place. My prayer for today is that you'll be challenged and that you're going to follow through on some deeper levels of spiritual maturity based upon what I share today. Now, this will work regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey. Maybe you're just starting out in this whole new thing of faith, you know possibly you're coming back to faith after being away for a while. 
maybe you've uh, started a new life with Jesus a few months ago or even a few years ago and you're continuing to surge forward. Possibly you're one of those who's, who served God practically your entire life. I mean, you were like, you prayed a salvation prayer when you were four years old. Yeah, you're serving Jesus. But regardless of where you are, I believe that today God can give you some strength to take some new next steps. Also, here's another thing, is we gotta recognize that no matter where you are also, we have enemies that are trying to beat us down in our lives. And there's an enemy that I wanna address today, and it's this enemy of chaos and insignificance. Chaos and insignificance, really it's, it's two separate challenges, but the, here's the deal, none of us in our lives are free from chaos. In fact, some of you, you're here today and you're, you're literally controlled by chaos. Well, this is for you. Chaos is something that I'm going to encourage you to push back on today. But it's something you have to do. I can't do it for you. See, what chaos does is it keeps you guessing all the time. It makes you feel like, well, I'm not really making any progress Chaos keeps you stuck in these emotional loops, and, and, and chaos, is, it, it, in, a, in a sense, it's kind of like a whirlwind. You're stuck in it, and, and it engulfs you. It, you can't find your way out, and it blinds you. you. You're even having trouble breathing, and it confuses you, and it just makes you feel downright hopeless. See, chaos is an enemy of your soul, and it causes a scattered life. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about overcoming that today. Insignificance, I mean, it also plagues so many. It's this overwhelming feeling that no matter how hard you try, you just aren't good enough. And that you just can't measure up. You see that guy over there, that lady over there, and you know you can't measure up to them, and you're just like, I'm insignificant. Insignificant makes you, makes you feel like you're, you're spinning your wheels and you're going nowhere insignificance causes you to look at other people's social media and see how they've got it all together, how they're so awesome, and how you're just not nearly as good or, or anywhere near as lucky as them. And you know it's all luck on their end, too. <laughs> see, insignificance tells you, what are you trying for? You're not going to make a difference in this world. Insignificance will go so far as to say your life has no value. You're out of control. See, insignificance is also an enemy of the soul. And it causes this, like, a, a deep striving. But at the same time, you continue to live a scattered life. So today I want to give you some hope. Some hope that that chaos will begin to subdue and that I'll give you hope that, that significance will begin to be found in your life. Now, I'm going to propose something to you today. I'm going to propose something to you that I believe can revolutionize your approach to life if you apply it. Again, the responsibility is on you. Really, it has the power to rein in chaos and insignificance, and it's designed really by God. It has the ability to establish some healthy boundaries and vibrant purpose for your life. And it's basically this. It's having a code that you live by. Now, I'm not talking about just any code, but it's a code that's shared with other people, and it also really comes out of the depths of your heart. Now, I call it a family code. And before you leave here today, I'm going to challenge you to establish and begin to live by some family codes. Why? It's because of this. 
Follow with me today, because this, this can change your life. Family codes bring order to a scattered life. They really do. See, order is where you can begin to thrive. Order is where you can make decisions more easily and readily. Order is an atmosphere where you can soar, and a family code brings order to a scattered life. If your enemy is chaos, understand this, chaos subdues under a family code, it does. The the, the whirlwind of of chaos, it, it can't survive where there's order and a family code brings order. If your enemy is insignificance, then significance can become reality for you under a family code. I mean, you can find your place, your purpose, your role, your life strategy, and things will begin to come together because it's more, more clear. If, and if you don't have family codes functioning and operating in your life, the, the, the end result is you're just going to find yourself meandering through life, running from cause to cause, searching for significance, checking this out, checking that out, and you're going to find yourself continually wore out, scattered. And, and what happens when, when that's going on is you, you keep looking around you, and so you keep putting more pressure on yourself, more and more pressure on yourself when you don't have a code, and it doesn't really produce anything. See, without family codes, that pressure that you're putting on yourself, it's only going to lead you into more despair and more hopelessness. Hopelessness in your relationships and your life vision, it's always gonna be continually shifting. So I'm just gonna say this today, come on. No more chaos, no more insignificance. I wanna talk about family codes. Open your heart, open your mind over these next few minutes. Now, there, there are three types of family that I talk about around here. One is, is uh, our blood family, and we call it sometimes our home family. These are literal, physical relatives, uh, spouses, and adopted children. This is the home, all right? There's a second type of family. It's their local church family. That's us, people who are part of a local church congregation. And number three is God's family. So this is the children of God, anyone who has been saved through the blood of Jesus. So if you're a Christian, you carry the name of Christianity. That's, you're a part of the family of Christ. Now today I'm actually going to be talking about all three types of family because all three types of family has a code that they offer. Now it's, it's because of this. Every family has a code. Every family has a code. And really, here's the definition of it. It's established boundaries they operate within. Family of God, the church family, your blood family, every family has a code. And you're you're actually going to have a healthier soul when you operate within the boundaries of that family, whatever that family code is. So your blood family code, your local church family code, God's family code, this actually works for us. And you, you might be going, you're like, well, I understand there might be a family code for those other things, but my blood family, no, no, we don't have a code. Yes, you do. You do. It may not be written on a wall. It may not be spelled out in a book. Probably not. But the family code is, is really written on the hearts of the family. You just know how the family works. And, and I think it's good to, to kind of identify it. Not kind of, but just really identify it and even enhance it. Here's an unfortunate fact. Unfortunately, a lot, in a lot of homes, the family code is so loose and it's weak that the home breeds chaos, insecurity, 
insignificance. When that's in your home, that chaos is there. Look back at the family code. What are the boundaries that family's living in? I want want to challenge you. If you're the leader of a blood family, a home family, you need to take the responsibility. Make it your decision today that you're going to clarify, you're going to issue, and you're going to enforce house rules. In other words, your family code. Now, I asked the members of my family to share with me some of the elements of the Woody family code, all right? And, and, uh, and so the things I'm about to share with you are nothing that I wrote out. They're things that my family shared with me and said, okay, here are the things that are the unwritten rules of how we operate, the things that are said around our house, the things that are repeated over and over, principles that, that were instilled in the boys as they were young, and, and, and just the way we operate. So I'm going to let you peek into the Woody family home. Is that all right? So these are our boundaries. These are, this is the Woody family code. It's not the Montgomery family code or the, or the Belshazzar family code or whatever your family's name is, okay? There's not a Belshazzar family code in here, but here it is. Here it is. Here's one of them. We never say, I love you, but we just don't do it. That was, that was one of our first, and it just simply says this, is there is no exception to the love. It's like, I love you, plain and simple. So that was actually the, one of the first things that we decided when Rebecca and I got married. We also have another element of our family code, which was, which was brought in oh, just a few years ago, is every week we have family night. That's just a night where the family gets together and we have fun. We put it in the calendar, we put it on our schedules, and we do it every week. Another element of family code, that these are the things that, that my family shared with me, it's this, is we love church. We don't have to go to church. We want to go and we get to go to church. See, when, uh, around our home, church is never a punishment. Church is a blessing. Um, another element of a family code that my family shared with me is this, is that our home is a refuge for kids from fractured families. Uh, we've, we've just all, it's just been the way it was, always was when the kids were being raised. It was a place of security and safety. Um, another is this, is we, be, we behave the same at church as we do at home. And we behave the same at home as we do at church. Now, what is that? Why? Because a lot of people say, well, you have to act different. You're at church. You know, glory, hallelujah. Praise God. Then you get home and you're like, yeah, okay. Hold on here. (laughs) See, that's the principle of integrity. We don't have to be phony. You can be flawed when you go to church. You'll be flawed when you're at home, but you don't have to throw it all out there in either place, all right? That's the principle of integrity. We're not going to be fakers. <laughs> I love that. It makes it a whole lot easier in life when you just decide you're not going to be a faker. Here, here's another one. Another one that, uh, that uh, family member shared with me is this, is we believe the best about others. I like that. And we believe the best about each other. Like in our family, we're just going to believe the best. We're not going to try to figure out the worst and look at the worst thing because our imaginations do that. So we got no, I'm just going to believe the best. Another one is we will honor our family members. Another that they shared was this, is we will never speak evil of authority. 
And, and, and it's this concept right here is that you know, being with a, the, with a church family, a family that, that, uh, that's always seen church leadership and we're always in church leadership is we don't ever speak evil of authority, uh, church authority especially, because I never wanted my sons to uh, have distrust for the church of God. And we're not going to breed distrust in our family, so we just don't do that. Another one is this, is tithe always, no excuses. That's another one of the principles. That's another one of the, the fam, part of the family code. Now, uh, my sons, they, uh, they, they brought up some other elements of the Woody family code that were implement, implemented and practiced when, we were really, when they were really young. And I want to share some of those with you. Here, here's one of them. This is something that they said, yep, you would say this all the time, Dad. Here it is. You can mess up, but you just need to let me know. Don't lie to me, and don't you let me hear it from someone else. And my son said, that's right. (laughs) That that is the truth. Because I would tell him him this. It's like, if I find something out from somebody else that you didn't didn't tell me first, your punishment's going to be worse. So just let's get get an easy punishment this way. Let's not do a bad punishment the other way. And you know what? That was nice because that enabled... them to have the freedom to come to me seeing that I was their ally and I was not their adversary. Another principle that I shared with, with the boys that, that we grew up with, that they grew up with in our, in our home is this, is church relationships are more important than school relationships. And, and, and that's based upon this principle right here is we're going to be with these guys in heaven forever, you know? Build relationships, all right? Build relationships in the church. Another one is this. Now, this one will be controversial. Are you Ready? It's okay, don't hold your breath. It'll be all right. Spiritual health is more important than sports or academics. Some of you are taken back at that, like, Pastor, 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 I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Can I just put it this way? If you don't, if, if you exalt academics over spiritual health, here's what you may end up with. Your kids are gonna look at that and say, hmm, English literature is more important than relationship with God. And you are setting your child up for a potential life derailment and eternity in hell. And I did say that. Because it's more important that your child be spiritually in a, in a, in a position where they're growing spiritually than learning about English literature. I'm not knocking academics. I'm not knocking sports. We're all into all that kind of stuff but it's good. Uh, in fact, we never picked school over church in our family. We, we just didn't. In fact, my wife and I, we would help the kids do their homework if necessary because church is going to be more important. Spiritual growth. Here's another one. Never go inside a friend's house without permission. Now, that's a pretty simple one, right? I think another one they said is this. Saturdays are for serving and chores before you get to go outside and play. See, they would always be so frustrated, but the neighbor kids are all playing and they're knocking on the doors. Like, no, you're going to do your part here at the house first. And then it's like, okay, but they're grateful for it now. And, and right alongside with that is another one of our family codes, which is this. Is everyone in the family has a job to do. Everyone. And we started that really early. And let me just tell you, if you're a parent, I'll just, I'll just you know this is true, and I want you to understand this. It, it is harder to manage your child doing a simple chore than it is for you to do it yourself, right? 
How much easier is it for you to pick it up and throw it in the trash or for you to carry that trash out or for you to wash that dish than, than having the kid do it? It is a billion times easier. But as parents, God has not called you to live an easy life. <laughs> you know that. As soon as you get your first kid, you know that. Right, Preston Woody? You know that. God has not called you to live an easy life. And so every person has responsibilities. They have a job to do in the home. Why? Because you're training them in responsibility for their life. Oh, here's another one. Our kids never got allowance. Some of you are going, how dare you? No, they, they, got, <laughs> they got something called commission. They always did because commission, allowance, you don't get that your whole life. Commission, you do. Commission is something you learn to work for, and it's a principle that continues to go on through your life. So we always did commission. We had these commission charts that would be on the refrigerator every single week. And, and the, the boys would come and mark off the different things that they did. And when they, things were all marked off, everything equaled a certain amount of commission money. And at the end of the week, they were paid in cash. You know, it, it was not a huge amount, but it was just enough where they knew that if they weren't doing their chores, if they weren't doing their jobs around the house, if they were skipping that, the end of the week comes, there is no extra money. There is no allowance, but it's not allowance. It's commission. And those commission charts were good. You liked them. They made you happy, right? Right? I know, I know they did. And here's another one. It's, this is controversial, too. You guys, you guys love it. We have a controversial family. You ready? Here's another one. <laughs> when you're old enough to hold a job... You get the commission from the outside. You doesn't come from the inside anymore, and you keep doing your chores at home. In other words, you go and start earning that money out there, and you start building up your own account. I would help the boys get bank accounts and get things set up so they would do that, and they couldn't earn commission. Now, they actually had to start continue doing their chores at home because that's part of how they paid rent, and then they started, at a certain point, they started paying rent. Now, not an astronomical amount, but started paying rent to live at the house. Yes, I have charged my boys rent, and I still do those, those that choose to live with me. And boy, I have gotten so rich off of it. Oh, my word. <laughs> nah, here's the deal. You're training them in life principles. That, those, are, those are just the sum of the, the, the things that were important to us. The boys also said this. Said, here's another one they gave me. You are responsible for what your guests do in the house, so you better be a leader. Here's another one. Treat your mother with dignity. How you treat her is how you will treat your wife. So my boys learned to take the, the girl, the mom, <laughs> out on dates, Valentine's Day cards and gifts, you know, special gifts, opening the door for her, honoring femininity. Very important. Especially when she's the only girl in the house, you know. Oh, here, here's another one that they said. I can't is not in your vocabulary. Oh, that was a big one at the house. You did not say, I can't, but I can't. Like, wait, 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 wait. We'd say, what does the Bible say? And they would go, oh, dad, please. No, what does the Bible say? Oh, but dad, I can't. No, but what does the Bible say? I would never let him off of it. And they're like, okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they have that memorized to this day. And I guarantee when they hear the word I can't in their head, it goes, wait, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, it's good for you. Here's another one. 
Oh, this is controversial too. Boys, stand up tall, look adults in the eye, smile, and speak clearly. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I just, I just didn't want my boys like, you know, going to see an adult. Like, they're saying, hi, young man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> see, the thing is, guys, here's the secret. I was a children's pastor before I was a dad, and I saw so much of that, and I was like, that is still downright scary. <laughs> so I just started, I started creating it. I started creating these things, and it, and it works. And I would see them talk to people, and, and we would practice it at home. Okay, I'm an adult. I'm walking in the room. Hi, young man. Like, like, stand up straight, smile, look them in the eye, and speak clearly. Hello, sir. My name is Preston. And it still works to this day, doesn't it? Another one of the family code at home was don't leave towels on the floor, you know? <laughs> Here's the deal. As my family hears these, these are the things they told me, okay? I know there are a few more, but I'll forgive them for not remembering them. But when my family hears these, they smile. Why do they smile? It's because they, these are healthy boundaries that have prevented chaos in our home and in their lives. And we have significance when you have a family coat. You may not like some elements of my family code, and that's just fine because you're not in my family. And I'm okay with that. But you have a responsibility to put together your own family code. Put some boundaries up. Bring some security to your home. Your family will appreciate it in the days to come. There's a second type of family. Now it's the local church family. Uh, for us, it's City Life Church. And we have these 12 elements that we call our family code. Now, I just give you a bunch of elements of, of, a, of a personal family code. And there's a lot more than 12. But we, we simply, for our church, we have 12 elements for the family code for us. And here's the deal. I believe that we are stronger when we have a family code. And it's something that I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you guys continually to begin to live out. Because what happens with our church is, is when we operate by the City Life Family Code, it prevents chaos in our church. And it gives us unique significance. You know, our code, it actually specifically declares who we are as a church family and how we act. These are the boundaries we operate within, and it's healthy and it's good for us. Here's the City Life Family Code, 12 elements of it. In fact, some of you didn't catch it, but I was, I was sharing that with the, uh, the new partners a few moments ago. Daily seek the presence of God on your own. Seek God. Practice the spiritual discipline of the weekly church assembly. In other words, we go to church on Sundays. Show up and let your authentic self be seen. Be real. The same person at home. It's kind of interesting because if you're already, if you're tracking with me, those first three are actually kind of written just a little different, a little nicer way than some of the stuff that we had in our own home. In fact, the truth is, some of the elements of the City Life Family Code are great elements for your own personal family. You just change it up. That's going to work for you. Actively cover, challenge, and celebrate those in your local church. Though we said it in our family, was we honor the family. Live to give rather than living to gain. Another one of the City Life Family Codes is this. Treat every, every, every person with honor and dignity. Avoid and oppose all forms of negativity 
and gossip. Pick people up rather than picking people apart. Who wouldn't want to be a part of a family like that, right? Be the first to spring into action when there's an opportunity to serve. Leave people better than you found them. And be known more for what you're for than what you're against. And utilize your influence only to defend and uphold the weak. Those are some good elements of a code. When we live this way, we become, we become a vibrant church. And this, and, and, and this actually makes us unique. In fact, someday I, I, I really want to see these elements of our City Life Family Code put up there in the foyer. We'll figure it out eventually. But, but basically, it's a declaration of how we act, how we behave as City Lifers, and what, what makes us unique. And, and these, these things help us to maintain order. Why? Because the Bible says the local church is a family. Now, there's a third type of family, and it's God's family, all right? And this is actually where, where everything originated from. This is where it all comes from. Now, I want to tell you a little bit of history. This is in the Bible. It started back when Moses was taking the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery. They were, they were be, being taken out of, uh, of, of Egypt, and they were called the children of Israel. That's what they were called. Now, right there, and you can read it on your own, all through the Old Testament, Right there, you're finding out children, Israel. Okay, wait a minute. They're not like little boys and girls running around. These are descendants of a person named Israel. That's exactly, they were a huge, massive family. Now, when I say Israel today, we tend to think of a nation in the Middle East. Rightfully so, because it is. But Israel is really more than a nation. It's a family, okay? It's the name, it is the name of their their patriarch, his name was Israel. He was the grandson of Abraham. And so, so in the Bible, there was this massive family, the descendants of Israel, also just sometimes called Israel, all right? And uh, they, they it was about, for about 400 years, they were living in slavery in this foreign land, and they were under the, the ta- their taskmasters, the Egyptian tyrants, and God set them free. But when they got out on their own, <laughs> they were this big, huge family, but they didn't have a code to operate by. They didn't. They're just kind of like doing whatever. So what happens is God established a code for the family. He established a code for the children of Israel, Israel, all right? And that code is called the Ten Commandments. Yeah. So he gave them this family code through Moses. That's really what the Ten Commandments were. A family, it was a code for a family of Israel that they would operate with under. So essentially here is this. It's ten simple boundaries so that people could thrive and they could live healthy. Now, when you think of the Ten Commandments actually as a family code, it makes a whole lot of sense. These people had no boundaries at all. And when you think of Moses as kind of like the on-site dad of this whole massive, huge family, he, that was a, an amazing moment. So when he comes down off the mountain and he, he begins to declare to them the family code, it, it would have looked something like this. He says, okay, everybody, children of Israel, Israel descendants, big, giant, massive family, we now have a family code. And they're like, a what, a what, a what? We have a family code. We have these 10 life boundaries for our family. And they've actually come directly from God. Here they are. 
And so he just listed them out for, and I want you to listen to these, thinking of them like if you were there, and this is now family code for you. And you're going to say, oh, how simple. This makes so much sense. You will never look at the Ten Commandments again as being like harsh and abrasive, because I'm not. It's a family code. Listen to this. The family will only worship one God. This family will not worship idols. This family will not use God's name in vain. This family will rest once a week and worship God. In this family, we're going to honor our parents. In this family, no killing each other. I had to list that. Like, oh, really? You know, okay. In this family, nobody is to be sleeping with someone else's spouse. Okay, well, that makes sense. Hey, another thing about our family, Moses said, is our family, in this family, we don't steal. Okay? Another thing is we don't lie to each other. Don't, don't lie. And stop, we're not going to covet each other's property or even someone else's spouse. We're not going to do that. Okay, now, <laughs> when you think about it, it makes total sense. These commandments were a family code that the f- giant family of Israel adopted that day. These were healthy boundaries to live by. And could you not agree with that? All right. And we would also agree that considering those 10 elements of the family code, the 10 commandments, that life is better with those boundaries in place. So the family code is actually empowering and it's life-giving and the family code eliminates chaos, all right? Remember, chaos is one of the things that the code eliminates in the church, in the family of God, and also in your own family. Life is better under a family code. And see, this particular family code is what distinguishes the family of Israel, the children of Israel, and the nation of Israel from other families. Now, I told you at the very beginning of this message to open your Bible up to Mark chapter 12, verse 28, because I want us to look in there, because this is really good. See, we're going to fast forward now to the ministry of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was on this earth establishing Christianity through his ministry, we find, um, we, actually, we find all of this described in the New Testament uh, of the Bible, but, but one day... Jesus was out, and and some people were debating with him about some scriptures. And so this became a perfect setup for Jesus to use this, like, uh, it's almost like a pivotal moment to clearly enunciate a family code for Christianity that was about to be launched. Okay, and here's how it happens. Mark chapter 12, verse 28, get this in your Bibles, look at this, this is good. This is the pivotal moment right here. One of the teachers of the law, in other words, he's a teacher of the family code of Israel. See that? Okay. One of the teachers of the family code of Israel, a teacher of the law, came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, okay, of all the commandments, which is the most important? In other words, of all the elements in in the, the Israel family code, what's most important? And Jesus just replied right back. He said, well, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel. And so, again, you see, that's family, right? Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second, it's like, wait, he didn't ask for the second. Well, he's going to give it to him anyway. <laughs> he says, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
And then he says, there is no commandment greater than these. No commandment greater than these. So, so Jesus, what he did, he, he literally enumerated two elements, the main two elements of the Christian family code at that point. He did. And, and he really, he just, he even made it more focused. Uh, in other passages of scripture, he goes on to say, if you just focus on doing these two things, which is loving God with all your heart and loving other people as yourself, if you just focus on doing those two things, you'll be able to do everything else. Focus on that. So Jesus established the Christian family code at that time. And, and, and he, basically what he's saying is you do these two things and you will thrive as a, as a member of my family. So basically Jesus simplified the Christian family code into two parts, love God and love others. And that is it. That's it. That's it. So if you're a part of, of the family of God, which is the largest of these three families that I just d- d- described and talked to you about today, you just need to focus on these two things. Some people say Christianity is so challenging. And so, and well, of course it's a challenge, but you know what? It's pretty simple. You just love God and you love other people. You love God and you love other people. Now, I'm gonna offer you a challenge today though. And that is to operate, I'm gonna give you three challenges, and it is to operate by some family codes. And the first one is this. Challenge number one, create your own family code for your family. Now, some of you might say, well, I'm off the hook on that one. I don't need that. I'll tell you guys, I I began creating a family code before I was married, before I had kids, because I saw what was happening in other families. I said, you know what? I want to establish some good, healthy boundaries. So you need to begin, there need to be some things that you just say around your house all the time. It's just part of your vocabulary. How did my kids and my wife, how, how did my family come up with all those things I just said? It's because they'd heard it said over and over and over again. It was written on their hearts. Create a family code. You know, even today, begin to write some things down. Steal some of mine. I don't care. They're not copyrighted. I don't care. Some of them you will definitely not want to steal, but <laughs> use them. Challenge number two is live by the City Life Family Code. Live by it. And I do. I challenge you guys just to seek God every day. Will you do that? Will you just make it a discipline? You're going to be in the house of God whether you feel like it or not. And when you get here, be the same person you are somewhere else. Be real. Be authentic. I don't want to go to church with a bunch of people who wear phony masks. I don't. If you like masks, then, you know, I was going to say there's the first masking church down the road. I don't, I don't know. There isn't. I'm going to send you somewhere else. I'm just going to say take it off. All right. Actively cover and challenge and celebrate the people in your church. Cover one another. Celebrate one another. Live to give rather than living to gain. Like, what's in it for me? What do I get out of this? Treat every single person with dignity and with honor. And, and avoid, and not just avoid, but oppose all forms of negativity. That means we call it around here being a grouch pouch. Don't, don't be a grouch pouch. Oppose negativity and gossip. Don't do that. Pick people up. Don't, we don't pick each other apart in this family. This is good. And when an opportunity to serve comes along, just spring into action. And you're going to be interfacing with some other people, so just leave them a little better than you found them. Just a tiny bit better. And it's this simple. Just smile and say hello. 
and you can give them a fist bump because I do like fist bumps. <laughs> Just don't hit them hard, all right? Be known for what you're for. Be more, known more for that than what you're against. And oh, this is so good. This, I love this one. Utilize your influence only to uphold and defend the weak. And that's our code. We, I challenge you to do it. We live by the City Life Family Code. And the third is this, is to adopt the Christian Family Code. Two parts. Just really, really, really love God. And just really, really love other people. And that's even the people that are unlovely and unlovable. So many because this this is the one this is one I've been challenged on. How do you love someone who's definitely not showing it back to you? How do you love someone who's mean or ugly to you? I felt God just saying, just love. That's that's what I tell you to do. That's the Christian family code. Tim, you want to be a Christian? Yeah. Are you going to be a Christian? Yeah. Are you a Christian? Yeah. Then love them. Uh. So yeah, it is a challenge. But the way God will heal our nation, God will heal our city, God will heal our world is by loving other people, even when you don't like them. Take these challenges. I don't want any movement in the room right now. Please, everyone, be still. Just close your eyes, focus internally, because you might be here today and you've not really offered your life to Jesus Christ. And if you want to know the Jesus that I talk about, you want this opportunity to be a part of his family, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond just by very simply lifting your hand in just a moment. It's because Jesus loves you. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he, <clears throat> he died for you. He died for you. So you, you, you can have life and life to the full. Today, right now, it is time for you to live. So if you want to make Jesus Christ the center of your life, you want to be a Christian, you, you're ready for the sin in your life to be dissolved and gone as if it was never there, then I'm going to lift, ask you to lift your hand at the count of three so I can connect my faith with yours, and then we're going to pray together. Will you do that? If that's your decision today, you're ready to serve Jesus. Lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift it high. Lift it high for me. Lift a high for me. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. I'm glad you made that choice because God wants you in his family as well. Oh, church, would you just do this? Would you just pray these words with me right now? In fact, I'm going to ask for everyone to stand. Everyone's standing. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray these words with me. Congregation, be an encouragement to those around you and pray this prayer as well. Dear Jesus, I love you so much and today I give my life to you please forgive my sins I believe you're the son of God it's time for me to live I want to be a part of your family so I give up my past and I embrace your plan for my future in Jesus name amen you know what? If you lifted your hand, you prayed that prayer, you made the best decision of your life. You've stepped into eternal life. Come on, let's welcome them into the family of God. Come on. This is huge. This is the best thing we do around here. The best thing we do around here. Yes. Yes. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, 
business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.